Good evening and welcome to the beautiful historical marionette theater. Tonight we're going to be visiting the holidays and all the spirit of gathering around the dinner table. This is only the second film that Jodie Foster directed. Please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Well, hey there, hi there, and hello there, Mr. Smelly. How are you this fine fall evening? Oh, we got snow. Yeah, I know. Actually, we hardly have any snow, but uh, to the west of us, Buffalo, New York, just a scant few hours away. Whoa, did they get slaughtered last night (laughs) and today? (laughs) And I think tomorrow, too. Six feet of snow in Buffalo, New York. Good oh, God. It's like someone dusted the pumpkin pie with some confectionery sugar. <laughs> well, like, you know, six inches of it. Oh, my Lordy. Anyways, so it's uh, nothing like that here. Uh, Tommy, um, I forget what he said. I think I asked him earlier. I forget what he said about snow. I think the further, I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh, up there in Port uh, Maple. Yeah, I know uh, where uh, Baron Frosty lives. Uh, they get lake effect snow too. So mm-hmm. I saw a picture from where he is, and he looked like he had about five inches. Oh, <laughs> AOL inches. Right. We we had a couple of inches or so in the last day or two, but um, you know, by the time the afternoon rolled by, a lot of it had melted, but. You know, the other week I had my first cold in probably over a year, and it turns out it was the flu toppy. Oh. And, you know, it couldn't be worse timing because I'm still in the early days of my new position at the brand barn. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so bad. It, you know, it wasn't even feel it, the flu that made me feel bad. I felt bad because I got through most of my work week. But then I had to call in on a day of training and say, I'm so <gasps> sick. Now, oh. I, I just didn't know how to put it any other way. I just spelled it out. And I said, look, in all of my working years, I have never missed a day of training at a new job. This is uh-huh. a milestone for me. So, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, being as I worked from home for you know, quite a long time. I got blamed when hubby came down with the flu because, you know, suddenly Bubble Boy is leaving the house. Yeah. <laughs> Bubble Boy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Toppy, right around the corner just this next week, it's that time of year that we break bread and um, we try to forgive each other for, um, well, overstepping bounds and having personality differences, I guess is what I would say. <laughs> well, let's just say the least. <laughs> it's, it's turkey day coming around. And, um, you know, speaking of turkeys, now, I, I, I hid the wild turkey. Oh, and speaking of turkeys, we're going to do <laughs> that early game. <laughs> oh, no. my. Just because I got stuffed, you're calling me a turkey. Oh, Lordy, I don't know how that happened. But we do. We have a guest today. Yes, it's Friendsgiving around here at the Marionette. And uh, 
you know, um, proof that the uh, the pen is mightier than the sword is our dear friend and fellow Univaz podcaster, Mr. Matt Burlingame. Please give a round of applause and a warm welcome. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was quite a run. Quite a run. Here I was expecting a sound effect, but I guess I'm not that that special. Uh, no, no <laughs> it's in post production. Post production, uh, folks. Hello, Casey, folks. Yeah, in case you folks don't know, uh, Matt does the big gay sex show oh. and Chubs. Gone wild. I know everything's about size, isn't it? No, always, <laughs> always. Oh, uh, well, you know, in the vein of our favorite uh, programming overseas, there, the Brits, they like to say, get stuffed. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, hide the wild turkey because uh, our senior showgirl. Seems to be down in front and center stage there. We're going to let her introduce the topic for tonight's show. Oh, I guess I'll have to put down this turkey leg I'm gnawing on. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. We go. <laughs> Claudia is a single parent who's headed back east to kick off the holidays with her folks. But the trip falls on the heels of losing her job and her daughter entering adulthood. As the middle child, she struggles to compete with her siblings. There's her older sister, the high-strung one, and her brother, the outcast, who's misunderstood. Will her mother make it through dinner without a breakdown? Will the stains ever come out of Joanne's dress? <laughs> Grab a mob coat and a glass of your favorite poison. It's time for Home for the Holidays with Holly Hunter and Anne Bancroft. My love. Take it away, fellas. What do you get when you take a dash to the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies and a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Well now, so this is a mid-90s comedy drama, and I I shudder to think, folks, because, uh, well, there's been a few pages in the calendar that have gone by, and this movie is more than 20 years old now. Uh. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> but joining us here tonight, as you heard, is uh, fellow podcaster and author and playwright, Mr. Matt Burlingame. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago that we covered a film from the the year 1995. So we're going to we're going to skip ahead here. Speaking of turkeys. Uh, <laughs> and uh well we are just uh going to play the trailer i'm working studying struggling year after year you know how to working studying struggling year after year no matter how hard life is you're fired claudia i have to 
matter how difficult things are. Oh, Mom, and I'm gonna have sex with Tim. We talked it out like adults because we're not jerks and we fully realize this is a major step. Safely. And not in the car. Happy Thanksgiving, Mom. There's one place you can always go that's worse. Oh, smile, smile. Claudia Larson is going home for the holidays. Henry! I can see your roots, Claudia. When you see your father's organ, he can't keep his hands off it. Dear Lord, we realize just lately everything's been changing too damn fast. And all sorts of things are always the same, even things we hated, like shoveling the turkey and stuffing the snow. This is ridiculous. Aunt Gladys waiting. We gotta go. Come on. Come on, I'm serious. <laughs> you have to soak this whole tablecloth in vinegar and lemon juice now, Mother, and right away. I have to burn it in hell. That's a sporty necklace. You make that yourself? Absolutely. Paramount Pictures presents a film by Jodie Foster. When you go home, do you look around and wonder, who are these people? Where did I even come from? Oh! Here's to us. That's my car, man. What are you doing? What the? Americans. Into the house. Everyone. Before we're in the evening news. Let's go out and keep eating, okay? It'll be okay if we just stuff ourselves till we can't even think anymore. Home for the holidays. Mom, she like spot rubbers in the other? Ah, so tonight we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. There's three of us here at the roulette wheel. So we're going to start things off by each taking a turn and talking a little bit about tonight's film. And uh, namely, we're going to tell uh, the listeners our initial impressions. If, if this was the first time that you saw this film, or maybe you've seen it before, but ultimately... What was your takeaway and, you know, um, your your first thoughts about it? So the first um, round goes to our guest of honor here. Matt, uh, was this the first time you'd seen Home for the Holidays or had you heard of it before tonight's show? Uh, actually, I'd seen it twice before, <clears throat> uh, maybe once every decade. Um, and it's funny because I remember way back um i remember focusing on the love the 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 whole dylan mcdermott you know um the whole love aspect of it and um i thought the okay so clarify this for me real quick please so who's the oldest sister oh joanne she's the the high strung one I thought for some reason when I was watching this, I thought Holly Hunter's character said she was the older sister. Hmm. Maybe I just assumed because of the, uh, their relationships with each other. I... Yeah, but see, that's what I thought too, because I always assumed that, you know, Claudia was the oldest, but I specifically remember a line where Holly said that she was the oldest. Hmm. So. Which threw me because the dynamics of the family, that is definitely not the oldest to youngest child dynamics, if that's the way it is. <laughs> right. So that's why, you know, but the thing is, is like life gives you different perspectives. When I was younger, I focused on the love uh, aspect of it. And I focused on that. I thought that, um, uh, what's her name? 
the oldest, the the Joanne, mm-hmm. was just a, a big. I don't want to cuss on your little show. Uh, a horrible, horrible person. Oh. Let's just say she was. She was. I just couldn't stand her. I thought she was the biggest B that there was. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God, how do people like this exist? Just cut her out of her of, of your life and <laughs> go away. And just pretend she doesn't exist. However, with life's expect, you know, uh, experiences and the things that I went through with my parents, especially in the last decade or so, watching this, I had more sympathy for her. I hated that she was homophobic mm-hmm. uh, and that she was mean to her little brother. But the whole thing about the parents and, you know, I'm the one that has to take care of them while you guys, guys go follow your dreams and all that. I, I kind of sympathized with her a little bit more. So that was interesting to to experience this time watching it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I thought it was a fun show. I loved it. <laughs> and I will tell you something, whoever, it, uh, they must have found somebody's house and just said, no, leave everything here. Oh, yes. And yeah. we'll just film around it. Otherwise, whoever put together those sets needed 10 awards <laughs> because <laughs> those were the most intricately done, uh, suffocating, claustrophobic stuff everywhere sets they were phenomenal oh yeah um i i gotta i gotta say you know now that you mention it you're absolutely right the the sets are marvelous mm-hmm. absolutely marvelous because you absolutely believe that though the, that family lived there all those years and that just kept everything that they ever owned yeah you know <clears throat> i I only first saw this maybe a year, maybe it was two years ago. I'm not sure. And my perspective has also changed because for years, we just had the most mellow Thanksgiving dinners. I mean, there was nothing dramatic that ever happened. It was just munch, munch, munch and kid each other and joke around and uh tell stories of the past and it was always pleasant there was never any drama whatsoever <clears throat> but cut cut to this year mm-hmm. and uh we're barely having thanksgiving at all i have been not present in my parents life since midsummer mm. um i had to remove myself and the drama is high and uh, and yet, my sister-in-law is planning to have a potluck Thanksgiving dinner at her place, where I I may be there with my parents, and we may all be in the same room again. It's just going to be very interesting to see if we can pick up where. Well, we just had a terrible summer, and it broke us all apart. And this Thanksgiving dinner will be the first opportunity we've had to be back together as a family. If it happens at all, Mm -hmm. if, if, if my father shows up, who knows anyway. So, so now it all feels very high drama and weird and oogie and uh, so just very different. So I, I related to, the movie in a, in a whole different way 
uh, viewing it a couple nights ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, when, when this came out, I had not heard of it. I really wasn't, uh, you know, in a, in a movie going opportunity at that time. I was, I was still in school, living at home. So I didn't see it for the first time until much more recently. In fact, I probably first learned about this uh, more than a handful of years through, uh, you know, former fellow podcaster Intivira, because uh, this was one of his favorite movies that he would talk about from time to time. And I decided I'm going to get a copy of it and find out what everybody else is talking about. And uh, this is probably maybe the third or so time that I've watched it, but it's it's been, you know, at least a couple of years since I watched it last. And, um, you know, for a movie that came out in 95, this was pretty forward thinking. I mean, we didn't have marriage equality and Robert Downey Jr. is playing the gay brother and, you know, he's just gotten married and that's the big family secret and uh, just as Matt said, the the sister Joanne, she just kind of rubbed me the wrong way seeing it for the first couple of times because, you know, it, it didn't seem like she had any interest in her brother's life. He was <laughs> just a freak. He was a pervert. And her friends heard about the wedding, but she didn't get invited. Well, maybe if she was a little bit more respectful, she might have gotten invited. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, certainly uh, in subsequent watchings of this, I, I tried to pay more attention to the parents than to the kids. Um, maybe being more an adult and and feeling that change of time. I mean, I, I, I have not quite hit my, my 50th yet, but it's not far away. And so I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that, you know. Your working years are not forever, and you you need to plan ahead. Otherwise, those working years are going <laughs> going to be for a while longer than you would probably like. And you know, it's it, it was just so bittersweet to see the uh, the parents, um, their existence. You know, now that the kids have all left home. The, the the husband kind of just um, walks through life by trying to lighten the mood. He'll take his his wife by the arm and he'll dip her in the kitchen. Even, Whoa. You know. Oh, dancing. Oh, okay. yeah. Dancing. <laughs> you know, and it, that's his way of trying to recapture their, you know, younger years maybe. But mm -hmm. that's what makes him happy is just to you know, remind her that he still loves her perhaps. And it doesn't matter how stressful things get. Things are going to be all right. So long as you can find the sense of humor in things. Yeah. I I'd say the other big takeaway for me uh, is, is that, and I think we have a, an interview with Jodie Foster coming up later where she, she states this, she says, there's, there's no villain in this movie, right. but we see each character pretty much doing the best they can. And, you know, that's family. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And, and, and this movie really captures it. 
And, you know, another thing that was interesting is uh, the drives through town. Did, did you notice how many of the buildings that they passed were businesses that were empty or closed? Mm. Uh, which was kind of interesting to see and wondered if that was done purposely to show that the town was kind of, you know, fading away as well. Um, but what did you think about the ant? <laughs> the crazy, crazy aunt. And I was oh. like, oh my gosh, how many of us have these crazy aunts? <laughs> I know that character well and you just like you don't want to see her coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking from my own experience, I didn't have the crazy aunt per se. I had the goofy uncle who <laughs> in more recent years I've started to recognize that I'm taking after. And, uh, 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 and I really don't mind because uh, you know, he went to school and he he acted this his claim to fame was that he was actually a, a manager for Radio Shack for back in the heyday. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, he still works in a in an IT related field. So I, I do admire him, but um yeah, my my crazy aunt was actually my uncle. And I hear stories about how when mom and dad were newlyweds. Uh, he would drop by their apartment and would help them clean out the refrigerator. <laughs> uh, uh, sounds a little like me. <laughs> um, Matt, I, I, I think I'm remembering this right, but I believe the scenes in, in the neighborhood, I believe they were all on location in Baltimore somewhere. But they see that would make sense, especially for that time, because Baltimore was having a lot of troubles. Yeah, a lot of troubles. I, when and I, I think that reflected in the family and uh, as well, mm-hmm. at least the family that was still there. Mm-hmm. It it, uh, it actually made me um, hungry, if you will, uh, to to borrow <laughs> a Thanksgiving analogy for. Um, <laughs> An upcoming trip that uh, we're looking forward to, Toppy and I and Tommy and hopefully Hubby Billy, because we go down to those parts. We go down to the outer Baltimore area. And I actually, was, as I was watching the movie, Toppy, um, I, I was questioning because um, when she was at the car, when Holly Hunter's character, Claudia, was at the car and uh, she was saying goodbye to her daughter that was outside the airport and... Um, Actually, it was a familiar scene because I'd actually flown into that airport once. So I was just realizing this movie was made in 95. That's, of course, way before September 11. So they could still do things like that film outside of an airport. (laughs) 95, that's before I was even born. (gasps) But uh, did anyone uh, notice who the up-and-coming actress was that plays Claudia's teenage daughter in this film? No, I didn't no, recognize her. Oh, she was uh, she was very up and coming at the time because she had just been on MTV in a series that gave Wilson Cruz, our favorite space doctor from Star Trek Discovery, mm. his his start. That was called My So Called Life and <gasps> uh, Home for the oh, Holidays. I- Never really watched that, but I remember the show. Uh, Home for the Holidays may actually have been Claire Danes' first film role. Oh, Claire Danes. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. But, 
you know, do you think she actually went through with what she was planning? That's a good question. Um, what do you think, Todd? Because they did have a phone conversation later, and they were at a at a house party, and the the boyfriend kept being, uh, well, for lack of a better term, cute with her. It was sort of disgusting. Juvenile. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. And I think that she changed her mind because he was acting so goofy. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, certainly um, the grandmother, Anne Bancroft, was quite concerned because uh, her granddaughter didn't come home for Thanksgiving. And, you know, you're left with the impression that this is probably the first time she didn't. Well, and that and after she found out about the <clears throat> pending event, uh, she alluded to that uh, the same thing happened to the mother. So our, our main character, Holly, whatever her name was, um, I think that she uh, got pregnant. Um, and uh, I believe the daughter said something about the backseat of a car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh yes, but yeah, my my uh, one of my favorite scenes in the film was when um, Claudia was arriving uh, back in her old neighborhood, and she was forced to wear one of her mother's coats because she had lost <laughs> hers in the traveling. And uh, you know who should drive up to see her walking there, but one of her old classmates, and it turns out she was the prom queen. Mm-hmm. And that just took me back because um, I haven't been to many reunions in general, and I decided to go to my 10-year one. And I'll tell you, that was a hoot and a half because uh, I'd just gotten my license. I was a late bloomer, had a rental car, and I had uh, I had actually just sort of uh, gotten out of a relationship and then reinvented myself. So I felt really good about myself. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear all the people talking about who was divorced and had kids with their ex. And I'm suddenly Mr. Untouchable. But, um, you mm. know, uh, on my way out of the parking lot, um, I, I actually had a little bit fun of someone else's expense. Um, one of the creepy people in my class was trying to put the moves on one of the more popular gals. And I might have not done a very good job of turning around in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, for the record, I didn't hit him, but apparently that was the talk of the reunion was that I almost hit the guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's drama. Ooh, yeah. Small town drama. But you saved her like gallant nights you are. <laughs> yes, the 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 modern day jester, surely you jest. <laughs> Well, Toppy, we have a boatload of talent in the film tonight, and, uh, you know, here at the Marionette, we've been a, a venue of many a splendored thing, including magicians, and the person who made the film, the director, we kind of think of them as the magician. Could you tell us a little a bit about the person behind the camera? Well, she be none other than Joe D. Foster. Wow. Jody Foster. Uh, a legendary career, if I may say so. Goes way back to the early 70s when she was just a little guile. Just a guile. 
And uh, she was doing some child modeling uh, at age three. And uh, by the time uh, 1968 rolled around, she had already scored some roles in some television series. Oh, Mayberry RFD was her acting debut, actually. And uh, she made uh, more television roles and then made her film debut with a Disney movie called Napoleon and Samantha. That was 1972. Just, just still very, very, very young. And uh, she was in uh, musical Tom Sawyer in 73. And she was in Alice Doesn't Live Here in 74. But her breakthrough role came in a very dark psychological thriller directed by Martin Scorsese. She played a prostitute in Taxi Driver in 76. She received a nomination for Best Supporting Actress. She also did uh, other roles as a teenager, Bugsy Malone in 76. We uh, did a movie here called The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. That was also in 76. We um, did that on Matinee Minutia, one of my favorite little movies. Um, And then she kind of became like a a little teen idol uh, by the time she was uh, uh, doing movies like Disney's Frankie Friday and Candle Shoe, which is one of DJ's favorite. Yes, indeed. That that was in 1977. But uh, she had a good head on her shoulders and she decided to go uh, to college and she attended Yale University. And uh, there was some weird times in there because of all things, she became associated with the attempted assassination of President Reagan because the guy that shot her said he did it for Jodie Foster trying to impress her. Well, that was a weird thing, but uh, it didn't darken her doorstep for very long. And eventually... She returned to acting and made a transition into adult roles roles, because this is uh, several years later. And the first time you would have seen her uh, in this kind of movie as an adult was a rape survivor in the legal drama The Accused in 1988. And by God, she won the Academy Award for Best Actress. She won her second Academy Award three years later for The Silence of the Lambs, where she played Clarice Starling. <laughs> and uh, now, now, listen, uh, she's done some directing. She started directing some on television. And uh, and uh, Little Man Tate was her first uh, directorial debut. Home for the Holidays, our movie tonight. That's the second film she directed. It's based on a short story by Chris Radent and uh, then the screenwriter, W.D. Richter, fleshed it out. And the producer, Stuart Kleinman, sent Jodie Foster the screenplay with a note that said, it's a complete mess and I love it. And Foster read the script and agreed uh, to it appealed to her immensely, and she agreed to direct it. And you know, all I can say is, why in heaven's name hasn't she directed more movies? Because I think her take on this was brilliant. And gee, I wish 
I don't know what stopped her, or, but I mean, really, she hasn't directed very many movies. Maybe directing wasn't a pleasant task for her. I'm not sure. But I really wish we could see more movies by her. But that's Jodie Foster, the director. All right. So we are at about the halfway mark in the show tonight. And we're going to step on over here and uh, oh, hide the wild turkey. Oh, so we're going to have some drinks with feathers in them in light of the uh, spirit of the season here. And uh, we're digging up an interview with our favorite Dallas Morning uh, News interviewer, Miss Bobby Wyant. And she's interviewing Jodie Foster, the director of the film. Jody, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh, Home for the Holidays. My kind of movie. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Oh, great. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I had heard, you know, good things about Mm -hmm. it. But um, wonderful cast, uh, very honest movie. Yeah, very sincere, raw, real film, I think. What do you want audiences to take home from this movie? Well, I want them, you know, to to see themselves in some ways and to have to try for a little bit more understanding between a little bit more tolerance between them and their family because you have a lot to learn from them. And Holly Hunter's character comes to the to, comes to the film thinking she has nothing to learn from these people or this experience and rolling her eyes and looking at the time and looking at the clock and thinking when's this going to be over. And by the end of the movie she realizes how valuable that is and and how that those moments together as imperfect as they may be in some ways are really the point in life. So. Of course I think that statistically, holiday time is a time of year when greater numbers of people go into depression for one reason or another. Oh, that's true. I've always had, uh, you know, Christmas has always been a weird time for me because, uh, you know, you, you do all the traveling and you get there and the kids are screaming and you say, but I don't have any or You know, there's just all that kind of conflict. Um, and it, it is a time where... <laughs> where you're meant to, uh, to put your hands around a table and to basically say, oh, I vow unconditional love to these people that are driving me crazy. And that's, uh, that's pretty hard to do. What is the strangest holiday you've ever spent? Because actors are always, you know, right. God knows where come the holidays. Oh, a strange one. I actually had a bummer one once. I had a real bummer Thanksgiving with uh, a group of people who I wasn't really close to and who proceeded to basically uh, make fun of, alienate pretty much every ethnic group, every minority that I could think of. And it was like a ha-ha kind of thing. And I went, wait, wait, what did I get put in here? And I realized that, the, that, that their Thanksgiving was about um, we're all together and everybody else that's different um, is stupid, less than, you know, not valuable. And I was so offended. I was so incredibly offended because I really like the holidays. And I, I see them as a time of generosity, you know. And uh, I couldn't get over it. I just complained about it for days and days, and everybody thought I was crazy. So, You elected this time to dr- be the director and not director and star. And you could have played the Holly Hunter role very, very well. I know you could. So why did you elect not to be in it? never occurred to me to be in it. I was happy to never act and direct again uh, at the same time simultaneously. I think that's, uh, it was a big, not that it was a mistake on, on Little Man Tate, but I think it makes it less of an enjoyable experience for you as a director. And um, you have to be so well prepared that you can't let anything in that's surprising. Uh, you basically get what you want, but you never get more than you want. 
Um, so, so I was happy to never have to do that again. And I, the joy of just sitting behind the camera and watching these people do things that I would never have imagined. Um, it's just, it's, it's like nothing else, really. And I'm really proud of this film. Uh, I think it's mature. Uh, it's mature and generous. And uh, it is about forgiveness and uh, about, I, I really believe that human beings, um, the single most drive is to want to connect and communicate. Um, and so many of the movies that are out these days tell us that the single most human drive is to sort of persecute, torture, and alienate. And I just, it's not that I'm, I'm a censor hungry, I just don't think it's true. I think it's, I think it's not true. I think it's, a, it's just a piece of propaganda. It's not who we are. Uh, and this film is really about trying to figure each other out, trying to communicate, trying to get closer, trying to connect, even if, um, even if that task is very difficult. In the meanwhile, again, congratulations, Home for the Holidays, the kind of film I'm just so happy to recommend, oh, and great. such a joyful film. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks, Jody. Okay. And we're back. So, um, you know, Thanksgiving is a little bit about, uh, well, drama and trying to keep things under wraps and uh, before we go on to our next part i just want to say that in researching this i kind of got the feeling um especially if you get to track down the the interview and see the video of this um there is a little bit of passive aggressiveness in this only because um a uh, another film that we discussed that Toppy had mentioned there, the little girl who lives down the lane. I forget if it was the late seventies or early eighties at the time, but certainly Jodie Foster at that time was in her early teens and she had been interviewed at the time by the same host and uh, perhaps maybe asking some questions that are a little too personable about uh, a young woman's life, such as dating. And uh, well, we know now more in recent years, uh, you know, uh, the direction that Jody's personal life had taken. So I, I feel that listening to this interview more recently, <laughs> there were some pauses and perhaps remembering uh, past time together. So, you know, all in the spirit of the holidays, I suppose. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, bef uh, as we continue on here, oh, after like any good meal, you just got to stretch out. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> wow. Did, was that in your button that just flew off? That's huge. Seconds, please. Well, maybe Speaking that was third. May I, may I just interject and say that I watched this on Freeform. Mm. So anyone that has a cable company, you can watch this on Freeform. But they edited out the naughtiest word. Oh. Really? When Claudia said what she said, I won't say it. Mm-hmm. To her brother, which was supposed to be the big <gasps> of the show, it wasn't there. It was just a, a blank. They didn't even put anything in there. And I was like, mm -hmm. it's a good thing I read lips. <laughs> Freeform brought to you by Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Actually by Disney. Oh, oh, the better. mouse I'm house. Better. Oh, my goodness. We don't want to get canceled. Uh, that's for sure. So... Um, you know, before we discuss, or actually as we discuss, the people who came together to make this film, we're just going to each take a round and a cast member and present 
um, you know, some of our memories of this time of year, maybe a, a favorite dish that you have at the holidays or a favorite memory of an experience the holidays. So our guest of honor, you get to start off with the cast and your, your memory, wherever you want to share. Miss Holly Hunter, she played the, the daughter coming home for the holidays, Matt. Tell us about yes. her. Well, Miss Holly Hunter, who I think was perfect for this role, played Claudia Holly Hunter. Really? Was that what her name? Oh, no, I see. Okay. My bad. Uh, <laughs> she was she was born uh, in uh, Georgia and uh, to Opal Marguerite, a homemaker, and Charles Edwin, a part-time sporting goods company. And that's how she viewed the world. Uh, He actually was a representative and farmer of a 250-acre farm. Home for the Holidays was her 12th film. In the five years before that, she actually averaged a film a year. And her prior film film was Copycat. Oh, that was a good one. I know, right? In 1995, and that was with Supporting Weaver and Dermot Mulrooney. So two years in a row, she worked with really hot actors. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, an uh, let's see, an agoraphobic psychologist and a female detective worked together to down a serial killer who copies serial killers from the past. That's creepy. It's really creepy. Uh, Her film after that was Crash with James Spader and Rosanna Arquette. And after getting into a serious, oh, no, oh, oh, it was called Crash because it was about a serious car accident. And a TV director discovers an underground subculture of scarred, omnisexual car crash victims who use car accidents and the raw sexual energy they produce to try to rejuvenate his sex life with his wife. I, I, I'm already lost. Uh, <laughs> it, it was strange. Was that not a Cronenberg movie? Yeah, no, no, that's bizarre. Um, and in the five years that followed, though, Hunter would average seven films. In more recent years, she appeared in three, including the voice of Elastigirl, in Disney Pixar's The Incredibles, I loved her. I loved that. So good. And you could tell it was her. She's got such a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the youngest of seven children. Her parents encouraged her talent. And her first acting part was as Helen Keller in a fifth grade play. Wow. Uh, in 1976, she went to Pittsburgh to pursue a degree in drama from Carnegie Mellon University. How do you get to Carnegie? Oh, you practice. Oh, there you go. (laughs) What? (laughs) After graduating in 1980, she went to New York City and she met playwright Beth Henley in a stalled elevator. And Hunter went on to get roles in a number of her Southern Gothic plays, including Crimes of the Heart, which was a big one, and the Miss Firecracker Contest. And that leads us to 1982. She went to L.A. and she landed a first starring role in the Conan Brothers Raising Arizona. And that was only in 1987. With Nicolas Cage. I love that movie. I was skipping over that part. Mm-hmm. So um, a part uh, that was said to have been written with her in mind, which is really cool, too. 
Um, she gained stardom in 87 when she played the driven TV news reporter James Craig, Jane Craig in James L. Brooks Broadcast News. Wow. And in 1993, she earned the, her Academy Award and worldwide acclaim in her performance as a mute. Oh, moot, 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 mute bride. Yes. The mute was moot. Sorry. Uh, to the New Zealand Plant, oh, planter in the piano. Mm-hmm. And uh, to date, she has had 66 acting roles. That's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, you're lucky if you, you get steady acting roles, but to have that many big roles like that, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Matt, what's a, a favorite memory of the holidays or uh, a favorite dish that uh, you might bring yourself if uh, no one else is bringing it? Uh, we have a family stuffing, which uh, is a v- closely guarded secret <laughs> off a box. Uh, but we, we have a, a, uh, a stuffing that we make every year. Now, I will say that as far as memories, there was one uh, Thanksgiving when we were homeless and we had just moved into a house, uh, well, been given a small apartment somewhere. And uh, the holidays were looking quite bleak when many, many, uh, a newspaper article got printed about us being homeless. And many, many people stepped up and uh, we had quite a wonderful Thanksgiving because of uh, some wonderful, generous people. And because of that, I have always gone out of my way to make sure to pay it forward to other people who are in need. Mm, that's nice, Matt. Yeah. So Toppy, the uh, next member of the cast is an up-and-coming actor, Mr. Robert Downey Jr. And he played the the uh, the son in hiding that's keeping all his secrets. He played Tommy. Tell us a little bit about Mr. Robert Downey Jr. Well, he's had a long career, complicated. Uh, by drugs, uh, drug abuse and uh, alcohol, I think. Uh, but basically, he went down a dark path, but recovered. Uh, uh, had a had a good career before, and probably an even better career after. But uh, he was born in '65 in New York, uh, Manhattan, uh, and. Uh, you may not have known, but uh, he is Robert Downey Jr. And there was a senior, Robert Downey, and uh, he was a filmographer of renown. And his mother was uh, an actress, uh, Elsie Downey. And um, so, you know, he grew up in the world of film and the performing arts. So uh, it led him to study at the Stage Door Manor Performing Arts Training Center in upstate New York. And then he moved to California with his father uh, following a divorce. And in 82, he dropped out of Santa Monica High School to pursue acting full time. Home for the Holidays was his 25th film, Prior to that was only you. And in the five years uh, uh, prior, Downey averaged 10 films, uh, including Soap Dish 
in 91, Chaplin, uh, which was a performance that uh, impressed a lot of people in 92, Natural Born Killers in 94, Restoration in 95, U.S. Marshals in 98, Bowfinger in 99. <clears throat> and uh, I suppose people most know him today for playing Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man in the Marvel action superhero movies he uh he portrayed iron man and tony stark in nine films uh in the uh series the last of which was avengers endgame in 19 in 2019 and he's had to this date 88 acting credits and uh pretty neat career i still have not seen endgame that movie is longer than any movie needs to be. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it is long. And unlike some of the long Marvel movies where you kind of think they could have shaved a good 45 minutes mm-hmm. from it, uh, I'll just say, in my opinion, Avengers Endgame earns every second of that movie i completely agree with you and uh it 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 ends it and there is a wonderful thing that they invented just a little bit ago i believe it was called a pause button (laughs) (laughs) if if you need you can you can hit pause and then come back to it later but uh actually it is it is worth it it is one of the best Avenger movies. I, I'm sorry. I, for something that long, I expect to see Kevin Costner in the direction credits. <laughs> oh, well, that would make sense. You know, I just watched. Um, what was it? The the new uh, the new uh, dark or oh Black Panther. Mm-hmm. That could have been shaved down a little bit. Oh, <laughs> now it was very good, but it could have been tighter. Well, sp- speaking of leftovers and yes. maybe shaving a little bit off that that plate, there, Toppy. What are some favorite memories of the the Thanksgiving holiday, or maybe a dish that you really like or might bring? Oh goodness, goodness! I there's no doubt my favorite memory over the years is my mother, who, ex, this this was her deal, man. This is the way she expressed love, not just to my brother and I, or my father, but to the entire family, um, was to have everyone come over for Thanksgiving dinner. And boy, that table was filled. And boy, she did everything single-handedly. God, I'm ashamed to say, you know, when I was young, I didn't do a goddamn thing. Uh, I, I watched King Kong and Son of Kong and Mighty Joe Young on TV. Well, my mother slaved away, but she loved every second of it. It was her way. And she did everything from scratch and she flourished and she was on top of her game and everybody loved her. And I'll just never forget. I'll just never forget. So a lot of things have changed, um, but that's my favorite memory is my mother at the top of her game. That is a wonderful, wonderful memory. And speaking as somebody who always did all the cooking for others, 
it is wonderful that you acknowledge that. But you enjoy that movie, girl. <laughs> okay, so the uh, the uh, head of the house, if you will, the grand jam of this film is uh, a lady who I, uh, only in more recent years, learned was um, the subject of one of the lines in a, a George Michael song. Um, oh, I'm trying, uh, Too Sexy, I think is the song. And uh, it starts off with a line from uh, The Graduate, which is, are you are you trying to seduce me? Let me put my teeth in. Are you trying to seduce me? Is that what you're trying mm-hmm. to tell me? Miss Anne Bancroft, she plays the mother in this film, Adele. Now, Anne Bancroft was born in 31 September of that year in the Bronx. So she was a New York gal. She was a middle. Was she ever? Yeah. (laughs) She never quite lost that Bronx accent. She was the daughter of Michael Italiano, who is a dress pattern maker, Mildred, who is also a phone operator. And uh, Anne Bancroft made her cinema debut in Don't, Bothered a knock in '52, and over the next five years, appeared in a lot of undistinguished movies, such as *Gorilla at Large*. <laughs> Wait a minute, who says that's an undistinguished movie? Um, I, 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 uh, I, I disagree. *Gorilla at Large* is amazing. Yeah, really. <laughs> Toppy still has a copy on VHS under his pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Demetrius and the Gladiators, also oh, from '54. Yeah. New York Confidential in 55, Nightfall in 56, and The Girl in Black Stockings in 57. I wonder if she had those legs insured back then. Home for the Holidays was Bancroft's 45th, I'm sorry, 44th film. Just prior was a film that we talked about right at the beginning of the season, How to Make an American Quilt. Both came out in 95. And uh, Mr. Jones is in 93. Uh, That was her film prior and starred Richard Gere. Now, her film after How to Make, or um, sorry, Home for the Holidays was The Sun Chaser in 96. And this is a film that starred Woody Harrelson and uh, former boxing champion John Seda. So going back a bit uh, here, in 57, Anne Bancroft was dissatisfied with the script she was getting, left the film business, and spent the next five years doing plays on Broadway. So she took some time off. She returned to the screens in 62 with the portrayal of Annie Sullivan in The Miracle Worker. Uh And she got an Oscar for that. Bancroft went on to give acclaimed performances in The Pumpkin Eater in 64, The Slender Thread in 65, Young Winston in 72, The Prison of Second Avenue in 75, and The Elephant Man in 80. To Be or Not to Be in 83, and then in uh, 87, she did a film called 84 Charring Crossroad. Uh, but her fam- most famous role would be as Mrs. Robinson in the aforementioned Graduate in 67, which is, I believe, one of Dustin Hoffman's early films. It is. And she, uh, her status as the older woman in this film is iconic, 
although in real life she was only eight years older than Catherine Ross and just six years older than Dustin Hoffman. Hmm. <laughs> Leave that to your imagination there. Bancroft would later express her frustration over the fact that the film overshadowed her other work. Selective for much of her intermittent career, she appeared on screen more frequently in the 90s and the 2000s, playing a range of characters in such films as Love Potion number 9 in 92 and Point of No Return in 93. Now, uh, sadly, uh, like her film uh, husband, uh, Charles Durning, Miss Bancroft is no longer with us. Uh, she was actually uh, Mel Brooks's wife, and uh, she passed in wow. 2005, and she was only 73. She passed from uterine cancer. Her death surprised many, as she had not disclosed her illness to the public, and among her survivor was her husband, Mel Brooks, which she was with him for 41 years. And their son, Max Brooks, who was born in 72, her final film was the animated feature Delgo in 2008, which was released after her death, and it was dedicated in her memory. At the time of her passing, Anne Bancroft had 87 acting credits. Wow. Uh, I, which movie did she play Adele in, though? Well, Adele was her character in Home for the Holidays. Oh, Okay, not the singer. Gotcha. Right. And um, point of fact, <laughs> it's actually, I, I heard it in more recent years that it's actually not even Adele. She, uh, the, the pop star was interviewed by a fan and mm -hmm. they pronounced her name the way it is in her home country, which is mm -hmm. Adele. And she's never corrected anyone. So she'll forever be known as the name she isn't, Adele. So, um, so well, when you have that much money, you don't really care. Yes. Call me when there's a check. Bro. Mm, so taking my turn at the, the lazy Susan of the friends giving dinner here, yeah. uh, you know, I would have to say that I, I've got a couple of favorite memories, certainly when my folks were still with us. And the whole family would gather in uh, the, the finished basement, you know, we're not heathens. It had wood paneling and uh, carpeting because dad, ah. dad built the house, you know. And uh, he even made the tables that the, the family spread out on because uh, they were these things he constructed on sawhorses because, you know, he, uh, he was... Um, you know, uh, inventive. They they had to be able to be folded up and put away when they didn't have the big gatherings. But anyways, everyone gathered in the basement. It was brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa. And uh, those are some of my fondest memories. But in more recent years, the first Thanksgiving that I got to have with the hubby before we uh, moved in together... I got to meet his 90-something grandmother, ah. and it was our only Thanksgiving with her. But this sweet lady, although she did not sit next to me at the table, because I got to sit at the kids' table, you know, I was the newbie to the family. Mm. Um, but that dear sweet thing, she asked my name before she was leaving for the evening because it was getting dark so that when she left, she could say goodbye to me by name and I would feel that she had remembered me. Hmm. Uh, 
So that that itself is uh, a favorite memory. Now, um, also a favorite dish for me uh, is something that I've uh, I've uh, picked up from uh, another uh, former podcaster, Teaching Thomas, who grew up in Maine, shared a recipe a few years back, and it is a pear and ginger pie with maple, and it has a streusel coffee cake kind of topping. So I'm the one who likes to make something different to bring because I can share the recipe. So hmm. thank you, Thomas, for sharing the uh, the New England-inspired pie. Yeah, hats off to teaching Thomas. That goes way back in the podcasting. I'm still imagining DJ on a on a lazy susan oh my god <laughs> ah, sorry sorry oh we're, uh, we're, we're, I'm back. I'm, I'm, we're, I'm, where's my call <laughs> <laughs> well let me just give you some fun facts uh from this movie a home for the holidays they they had a big thanksgiving dinner of course and uh, Jodie Foster took more than 10 days to film this scene. And uh, it said that uh, during these 10 days, they used uh, 64 turkeys, oh. 20 pounds of mashed potatoes, <laughs> 35 pounds of stuffing, 44 pies, 30 pounds of sweet potatoes, eight bags of mini marshmallows <laughs> and 50 gallons of juice that stood in for wine. Wow. So oh my when, you're, when you're watching that scene, you might want to pay notice to how uh, how the food props are, are being yeah. used. And, and you know, the grocery bill for that film is right about what people pay for this year's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we are out here right near the lobby, and this is a part of the program we like to call our snack tray, because this is, uh, you know, the stuff that you have left over as you're leaving the theater, and we're going to tell you about some things you might enjoy if you liked Home for the Holidays. I'll go first. I like to just like... um my my meals that I sometimes host, I like to bring something different. I like to talk about something maybe you haven't watched. And uh, I like to make new traditions, so I, I like to find new movies that are part of my holiday um, tradition. And uh, so the film I'm going to recommend is from much more recent years. It's from 2000. I, I know that's 20 years ago now, okay. Um but uh, this is another holiday comedy drama. It's called What's Cooking? And uh, it stars, um, this is going to be a, a, a reach back, uh, Mercedes Rule, who was the mom in the first Karate Kid film, and Victor Reavers. Uh, this is about four families in Los Angeles of different teeth again, different ethnicity, including Latino, Asian, African and Jewish, and they gather together for each of their Thanksgiving dinners. Now, aside from those members of the cast, this stars one of my favorite character actresses who was also in a recent film we discussed, um, How to Make an American Quilt. Elfrey Woodard is in the cast of What's Cooking, and that's yet another reason to catch this film. Nice. Great selection. Uh, I chose Hannah and her sisters because if you like 
Home for the Holidays, about a family drama. Well, this family holiday drama by Woody Allen is uh, all about that. And it takes place between two Thanksgivings, two years apart. And there's people falling in and out of love. And, uh, you know, Woody Allen is his neurotic character that he loves to play a hypochondriac. And uh, it's it's a it's one of the great Woody Allen movies. And it stars Mia Farrow, Diane Wiest and Michael Caine and Barbara Hershey. So very similar family dynamics to Home for the Holidays. Uh, Matt, we forgot to hip you to this. I don't know if you got something in mind, if you know, that's okay, but uh, I don't have a movie in mind that I can throw out there right now, but I will say that one of my favorite things to watch during Thanksgiving time is Kate and Allie. They have a Thanksgiving episode. I know it may sound a little bit silly, but it's uh, a family dealing with divorce and the kids are going to whose parents and as the, the father showing up and Claire arrives, it's just mm-hmm. It's a really, really well done. So it's on YouTube if you don't know anywhere else to find it, Kate and Allie Thanksgiving episode. And also, I would like to say to you and all of your listeners, happy Indigenous Peoples Month. Very nice. Um, actually, you know, we, uh, DJ, we did uh, that TV series on, on Matt and Minutia. We, we yes. sure did. We took a look at it. It, they, one of my favorite episodes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Except that was the ones that I was on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's an automatic. Those are my favorite too. Aww. Okay, so uh, before we uh, do the old-fashioned uh, Beverly Hillbillies goodbye, uh, Matt, uh, thank yeah. you so much for joining us here in the Marionette, and it was so good of Gertie to take your code as you came in. Now, I would check, though, to make sure all your belongings are in the pockets because she's been known to have sticky fingers. Ah. Well, I'm sure Adele has an extra coat for me if I need one. <laughs> well, if you could, please, dear sir, let us know or let our listeners know where they might find you in this wild, wacky world of podcasting just in case... They're uh, enamored by your dulcet tones and they want to, well, maybe mm. maybe consensually stalk you. Yes, queen. Uh, you can find me over at either chubsgunwild.com or you can find me at the biggaysexshow.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear more about my books, you can go over justkisstheguy.com and check out my new one that just came out. Hmm. Awesome. What What is the new one that just came out? It is a re-release of a book that went out of publication. It's called The Fortune Cookie, and it is a holiday love story. Hmm. Well, what, uh, so people are interested. How, like, how can people find those books? Uh, you can go over to justkisstheguy.com, or you can just look up Matt Burlingame on Amazon and you will find everything I've ever published. And that's quite a, it's becoming quite an extensive list. Like how, yeah. how many are we talking about now? Um, Let's see. There's about five, six, six books, two plays and a couple little, little stories here and there. 
And then, uh, well, for the other stories, you'll have to listen to the Big Gay Sex Show podcast. Oh, hey, you know, I've got a gift-giving idea for folks here. Now, if you have to take a drive to meet up with your family these holidays... And uh, you want a way to occupy yourself on that long ride because maybe you're not driving. I'd probably go out there and track down one of Matt's books because a good story (laughs) is going to be a nice distraction when you're going to be spending time with family. (laughs) That is. And if you get the audio, if you get the uh, Kindle version, you can also get audio sync with it and it can read it to you. Ooh, fancy. No technology. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, Matt. And uh, we are going to let folks know what's coming around the bend here. Now, as I've mentioned, the Marionette is a splendid venue of many things that have passed through these doors. Magicians and vaudeville and, well, you know, they even left a bag of coins there that helps us figure it all out. Toppy, hand me that bag from the shelf up there. It's amazing. The coins never run out of this bag. I don't know what's that about. But, uh, here you go. Here's the bag of coins. All right. Put that in. Okay. It landed over there on your side, Toppy. I'll, I'll open it up for you, though. Thank you. Ah, all right. Next time on that name, Minutia. Why, it's a perennial favorite. One of mine, certainly, from 1947, Miracle on 34th Street with Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, and as the little girl, Natalie Wood. Edmund Gwen is Santa. And it uh, takes place between Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day in New York City and focuses on the effect of a department store Santa Claus who claims to be the real Santa. Is he the real Santa? I don't know. You're going to have to view and find out. Won three Academy Awards. And, uh, oh, I don't know. It's just one of my all-time favorite holiday movies. That's for damn sure. Next time on the Matinee Minutia, Miracle on 34th Street. Okay, and that will be on Friday, December 4th. And, you know, um, talk about going into the Wayback Machine. People used to actually leave their house to go buy things. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What the hell? Well, (laughs) not me. I'm not going nowhere. I mean, you know. They they, they used to actually... um, change out of their pajamas when they left to the house but now they just they now they just go shopping at the megalomart (laughs) yeah okay now let's all right let's fess up everybody do do any of us kind of secretly at least think about how fun it is to go shopping on the day after thanksgiving even if we don't do it um if i had the money i would do it but Mm-mm. Otherwise, no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm fortunate that the brand barn where I am now, they actually consider it a company holiday, but I, I just I just can't see the idea of standing in line and, um, you know, possibly whacked in the head with a television. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's not a deal to, you know, come. No. I mean, it's an experience to talk about later, perhaps with a restraining order, but 
<laughs> what I do is funny is all the people that go to like film and watch the fights, and then there are none. oh well toppy um you know let's take us back uh to an earlier time when uh people were entertained by the sounds of voices could you say good night in the ways of the old days of radio i I will but let let me just say hi to the chat room oh yes for the folks that came over and uh, kept us company tonight because we do do this live and uh, we've got a chat room and we can see who's there and they can type things in the chat room. We had Myron Gertz, who left a little early. We had the ever mysterious Crown Haven. So glad to see her here. And as always, our buddy pal, Tommy Hash Browns, was here. And we thank you all for. Uh, and Michael Sage was listening. Michael Sage. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Matt. Michael Sage was here, I think maybe for the second time, maybe it was his first time, not sure, but awfully happy to see him here and uh, hope you enjoyed it, Michael. And uh, that's it. And the the way we sign off is I say, say goodnight, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univospods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net.